Welcome to the Opportunity Collective, a collaborative network of emerging leaders who are creating new opportunities for ourselves, but more importantly, for others. I'm Daniel Eccles, and I'm here to guide you on the path to turning your plan A into a reality. And that's the impact that you feel called to make. And here's the secret sauce and how we make it happen. Collaboration is greater than competition. By working together, we can accomplish far more than we ever could alone. In each episode of the Opportunity Collective, we showcase remarkable leaders, creatives, and entrepreneurs, and we start creating opportunities through three questions that we ask them. What are you excited about? How can you help? And how can we help you? So hey, join the Opportunity Collective and start collaborating with other emerging leaders to create opportunities. Hey, happy New Music Friday. This episode comes out on a Friday, and it's a musician who we are having on the Opportunity Collective today. His name's Joshua Leventhal. He's a singer-songwriter. You could call him a faith-centered artist. You could call him a Christian artist. It's maybe Christian music. He doesn't care what you call it, but his faith impacts the music that he's making. And uh, he's actually dropping a new single next week. This comes out a week before his new single comes out. So there's going to be a link to Spotify in the show notes. You can check out his music wherever it is that you stream your music. He's really talented and I really enjoy my time with Joshua. He's out there in British Columbia, beautiful British Columbia, and we have a great time talking. He's really focused on being locally grounded, but expansively creative. So doing the work in a local context is really important to him, but his creativity really reaches to more people than just those in his British Columbian BC area. I don't know. What what did you call someone from BC? Are they a British Columbian? I don't know. Joshua might have to, to let me know about that. So he's creating a bunch of great music and he's about creating music that has depth before it has breadth. So wanting to go really deep into the point of his music, that his music would be able to speak to somebody that is experiencing the difficult parts of life and not creating your typical worship music or Christian music that you might have heard. So I look forward to having you hear this episode. I think you're really going to like it. And I just really like Joshua. So here he is, Joshua Leventhal. Well, Joshua, I was actually looking very much forward to this all day after a day of work. It's, it's exciting for me to get to talk to somebody and hear about the things that they're excited about and see what ways we might be able to participate, help you out, and then also hear about the gifts and the purpose and the skills that, that you have in your life. And so I'm really pumped for listeners to get to meet you and for me officially to get to meet you via video. Yeah. You're pretty far away over there in BC yeah. <laughs> from Indiana, but yeah, so a couple just, time zones, just a couple of time so. zones, but man, it's, it sure is beautiful up there. And I, I do enjoy going up there to Victoria, um, Vancouver, oh, nice. Whistler, all that I've been multiple times to, to BC. So it's definitely a fun place to be. Yeah. Uh, my wife just ran a half marathon in Whistler. So like oh, literally yeah. like 
like a weekend ago. So. I actually, I started following her and it looked incredible and incredibly yeah. difficult. And like, oh gosh, <laughs> I'm glad I'm seeing these views on her Instagram and I don't have to be running to enjoy it myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm in, I'm in that boat too. <laughs> <laughs> you can just be the supportive husband exactly. who has the, the beverage at the end of the race and enjoys being out there and uh, alongside the trail. So that's totally. a good it's a good idea in my book. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to listeners, introduce your music, what you do. What's actually important to know about Joshua? Yeah, so my name is Joshua Leventhal. I'm a 32-year-old male. I'm a singer-songwriter, mostly focused on my faith is a huge part of my life, my faith in Jesus. And so most of my music is is centered that way. Whether or not you classify it as Christian music or I'm a Christian who does music, I'm kind of fine with either. But I'll talk in more detail about my music. But yeah, so I've been doing that professionally now for about six years. And I also work in a local church here in Chilliwack, BC. I do worship on staff here. And as well, I am married to a fellow creative. Her name is Caitlin Rose, and she is a, a painter. She does that full-time professionally as well. We're currently waiting on her. She's from Michigan, and so we're waiting on her permanent residency in Canada. Oh, wow. And so, so she's not able to sell her work at the moment, but mm. that is what she does full-time. She specializes in what's called abstract expressionism, and she is incredibly gifted. Seeing her work is, is how... I got connected to her in the first place and how we met. And uh, yeah, that's about it. We have a, we have a little dog. Her name is Luna. I'm personally like very passionate about combat sports. I did Taekwondo for 10 years and I, I train jujitsu regularly now. So, and I'm actually running some classes at my local gym here too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's something that you commented on my Instagram that you were, you were up to and everything, but yeah, yeah you're diversified. You're doing a whole bunch of different things. It's, yeah. uh, that's awesome. It's, so tell listeners a little bit about your music in particular, just what your work is, is on just about, about the, the drive behind that and whatever else might be important as an artist to share. Yeah, so I I got into music in my early teens. That's like when I first like honestly discovered music. I think as like as a an enjoyer of it too for the first time that mm-hmm. I really loved, and and picked up guitar, started playing in bands with my friends in high school and in my local church youth group and that kind of thing. And I started like immediately writing songs just because I was an angsty teenager who felt like I needed to get that all out somewhere. And, um, and I just probably helpful. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, it was, it was in the the peak emo days. So and I didn't look like an emo kid, but I was one. And, and so I just like, I wrote, I thought that's kind of what all musicians did is you wrote songs. And uh, as I got older, found out that, that, that isn't just a given, and so it was, was just kind of like writing when I felt like it, that sort of thing. And then in my, at some point during post-secondary, I took a course on songwriting mm. that really helped start to channel, I think, a lot of raw creativity and taught me tools to make an actual discipline. And so that's when I started to take it quite seriously. And, and at that point, hadn't released anything. I think in my mind, like the idea of like, I'd written lots of music, but I think the idea of like putting music out under my own name and that sort of thing was something that'd be in the realm of someday I'd do that. Mm. And then I started getting to the point where I'd, I'd play my songs. People were asking like how they could hear them. And that's when I realized I need to not just be waiting around for something to kind of fall into my lap. I need to go about mm. pursuing it myself. And so in 2016 is when I 
first sought out a producer, crowdfunded my first EP, released that in 2017, and really haven't looked back since. So since then, I mean, I, I had a little bit of a hiatus in, in one of my ministry transitions, starting in a new church where I was still writing a lot of music, but just not releasing it under my own name. So for a few years, had a couple singles and EP out, and then just this past October released a full-length record for the first time. And so it is on like all the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Google, YouTube, etc. And uh, yeah, I used to do a lot of live stuff too. I used to play a lot of shows. And then since the pandemic, I'm oh, yeah. needing to get back into it. It was, I miss it so much. I'd play in all sorts of contexts, everything from like big kind of stadium venue type deals to even just like living room house shows. And, and I'm grateful to be able to do both, to do like the full band high production thing, but also just me and an acoustic guitar. They are very different, mm. but I love, I love both contexts so much. So what was the the driving factor that took it from not just needing to have this as a hobby or something that is a good way to process how you're feeling or some of the, the things that you're learning, but needing to take it to the next level and actually record yeah. What, what was that drive? What was the kind of the, the thing that, that made that have to happen? Yeah, I think, I think two things, I think firstly, like the idea of like going into music as, as sort of like industry and ministry kind of came later in high school. I felt mm. distinctly like called to, to step into like both doing like local church music ministry, but also hopefully doing stuff like releasing my own songs that I'd written and that sort of thing. Excuse me. And then again, like I said, that was kind of all in the realm of someday. And then I, I just kind of had no idea when or how that would happen. And the real driving factor, I think, was when I started hearing people like asking for it. And I think mm -hmm. like knowing that this is, I don't know like what it's like for other creatives, but like it can be very hard to like kind of quote unquote pedal yourself, like to, you know, <laughs> but like, hey, everybody pay attention to me. Like, look at me. I, mean, I know some people love that kind of spotlight and other people feel very self-conscious in it. I'm very comfortable in front of people, but I don't like trying to like bring focus onto myself. Mm. But I, th I think it actually got much easier when it was like people asking for these songs because it felt like it was outside of me. This isn't just me mm -hmm. wanting to do what I want. This is actually going to be a benefit to people because they've told me it is. And so that was kind of, I think, the driving force. So like basically in 2015 was when I started hearing like, okay, like where can we hear these songs? Where can they be a part of like our like iTunes library or whatever the world landscape was even different back then. Stream, <laughs> streaming was not the given at that point. And on that iPod nano. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and that was, I think the moment when I was like, okay, like wherever I land, cause like I was, I was at a summer camp when that was happening. I was like, okay, wherever, wherever I land, I'm going to just go for this. And so ended up in Kelowna, which is about three and a half hours northwest of where I am, or sorry, northeast of where I am currently. And and I, I basically said, as soon as I get there, I'm going to try to find a connection with with a producer and some musicians and, and try to make this happen. That's what I did. Hmm. So, I love that idea of letting whatever it is that you're creating speak for itself instead of needing to pedal it. Yeah. <laughs> it's more of a natural thing that occurs rather than creating 
something after you start pedaling so the idea of like wanting to be a rock star and then (laughs) so you're spreading that news and then you create the music and really letting the music help you be a rock star anyway not that rock is your genre or (laughs) or no totally (laughs) well and i think actually what you're touching on like i think you can probably feel the difference in in people in the industry as far as those who are like they're just kind of like looking for whatever they think will be what will elevate their platform versus those who have something to say and then just ride the wave of whatever that does. There are people I've had the privilege of working with who are like lovely humans, but like you can just tell that like they're looking for whatever will be like, they've literally changed their genre trajectories based on like what somebody has told them thinks will like net them the most success. Mm -hmm. So rather than it being like, oh yeah, like I sing country music because it is like in my blood and I can't do anything about it. It's like, it's like, I think country could kind of fit my brand and therefore I will Mm. use that as like my means as opposed to somebody being like, okay, like I know what I need to say and, and how my art will say it. And I'll just follow that wherever it goes, both in terms of creativity and in terms of what opportunities it leads to. I mean, it it did work for Taylor Swift changing from country to... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Taylor's... There's always anomalies because, like, you know, I'm not one of those people, like, my music could never be classified as pop. But I, I, like, you know, I was the teenager who, like, was just against pop on principle. And then as I've gotten older, I'm like, man, just because it's commercially viable doesn't mean it's bad. Like, there are things that I think can be great. She's an interesting case study because, like, there's times where I've actually really thought her songwriting was quite piercing and other times where I'm just... It just is not hit with me at, at all yeah take and it so, off isn't as much of a- <laughs> yeah totally and you can feel that right like people can sense like when something feels manufactured versus actually from something no oh, well taylor if you're listening this is gonna dig <laughs> on you I, I know you're probably out there listening right now i'm sure taylor totally. swift is a, a member of the opportunity collective but <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, so what's like your ultimate goal then? Because you have both of these things. You have a ministry, it sounds like, and working mm-hmm. at a church is very important to you and a part of this, but then also doing your own solo music, writing and, and production and everything along with that. What would be the dream, the, the ultimate plan that you would love to see as a reality? Yeah, I think I think it would be kind of a a conglomeration of, of various things. I, I love being locally grounded in ministry. I think it's really helpful. But I also like love getting to have like creative opportunities, both in terms of like things like, yeah, releasing music into the world, but also getting to, I, I see what I do as like a form of ministry in a lot of ways. Like I think like the storytelling piece, like I, we haven't really talked about like the content of my music much yet, but that's kind of the most mm-hmm. important thing to me. And a lot of what my lyrics do or try to do at least is to help people feel a sense of, Oh my gosh, I've felt this my whole life and I haven't had the words to articulate it. And you just did that kind of like, yeah, me too. I feel that kind of thing. And so creating space for people to feel things all the way through and to know the full spectrum of, of human emotion in, in my context, as that relates to knowing Jesus and not shying away from those things, the, the beautiful and the really hard. Uh, so just like getting to increasingly do more of that. So in some ways, I'm already like living into some of my dreams, which yeah, is, is to be as both sure. be local and to do that expansively. But, you know, man, like I also like I've I've had a couple like book ideas that I've just started like bringing out into the world or not into the world, but like in, into the page at least. And and doing that sort of thing, I think just stretching whatever muscles are kind of found in me that mm. that need expression. 
is is kind of the dream. And so I've I've never kind of set like a this is where I need to be in this many years. I'm just kind of following what my heart is needing to say in any given moment and and doing that. And that this path has been kind of steady trajectory along to where I am now in terms of stuff like that. But I think yeah, just getting to balance local ministry and and more like larger reaching musical and creative influence. Mm. I love the balance of that. It can be tempting to want to go further than like the community that you already have and in yeah. that local context. But I think that that really is sometimes more important than the the further reaching because yeah. it's almost a, a great testing ground too yeah. of just the impact that you're making. Are you actually living the mission and the words that you're writing and singing about are are you doing that in your day to day, your every day, with the people that are in your community, or is it something that is just for a further reach and and to get out there, but you're not actually taking care of the stuff in front of you and stewarding what is in your local context? So I think that that's really important. Talk yeah. about your content a little bit more about what actually goes into your music. What is it about? What what are you most excited about with the songs that you're writing and and what you are producing? Yeah, it actually kind of tell it ties in well, I think, to to what you were just saying about like like testing things in in small contexts versus mm-hmm. like thinking about reach in, in the sense that like like when some people like you know are writing like the the music industry in any genre, but definitely still in Christian music can can be focused on like okay, what is the target audience and what like what will like this sing like in a stadium or on the radio and those mm-hmm. kind of things. And for me, like my question is like, honestly, like a lot of times is like, could this like pierce a human heart so deeply that it's like all they can think about for like the next like 48 hours? Mm. Because if it can do that for one person, chances are I could do it for two, do it for three, do it for four, et cetera. And so that's like more like my my goal has always been depth more than breadth. And Mm. I'm getting into the stage now where breadth is actually a thing, which is really cool. But I think that I never want to lose the depth part and I want that to stay at the forefront of anything I do. So for my music, when I first started out, I think like my first EP, I was kind of straddling the line between like what we considered like congregational worship music and then singer songwriter. And it was pretty genre bendy, like did quite a few different kind of styles on that first EP. And then as I started serving in a larger church context, I, I started to kind of, you know, set aside music that was dedicated for congregational. And then I started taking my stuff like more into that. I'm not going to put any of those boundaries on it at all. Like I'm just going to try to keep it pretty singer songwriter with that still being in the vein of it's, it's, it's all through the lens of my faith. And so for me, I just try to write the music that I want to hear, and the music I want to hear is going to be is going to be substantive. I want it to feel poetic. I want it to feel honest. You know, the analogy I like to use a lot, again coming from a martial arts background, is you know, huge fan of the UFC, have been for a long time, and and you know, Joe Rogan talks about how like that has been this field in which it's been a proving ground for like what actually works and what doesn't. And he says, you know, like, like some martial arts are designed to like work on an untrained opponent in the streets. And it's like, I don't care about that. I want to know what works on a trained killer. And for me, I kind of go like with my music, I like, I don't care like what will be like kind of nice for the person who like, you know, Mm. is just going to look in for something like pleasant to have on in the background. Like, I want to know like what will work on the person who's like just lost their child or who is like going through like, you know, a divorce or anything like that, where it's like, like, if it can reach that level of like, 
pain and human experience, that's kind of my goal is like to go like what, like not just like the, the person who's like kind of be kind of happy with no matter what it's like, I want to be able to go for the people who are either so broken or so cynical that they think that that's the only option and say that, that it's not, it's not positivity. It's actual hope. Mm. And I think there's a big difference. And so basically saying like, yes, this stuff has actually touched the same kind of experience. And that's actually the permission that we get as believers. I think so often it's easy to shy away from how real basically all of the biblical models, including Jesus are about the reality of human suffering and that we are actually given permission to express that pain openly and that that doesn't have to arrive at a place of darkness, but can come to light, but it doesn't have to ignore that either. So that's kind of the like mission I've found. Like that's where my kind of identity as an artist is galvanized in a lot of ways Mm. where it's just like trying to, trying to both like lift people's eyes to like greater truth, but also like just do it from like a very like down in the dirt, grassroots kind of way that feels like lived in that's like that's excellence in a in a different way than uh, what i normally have like heard it defined (laughs) normally you think of like excellence in that it's reach only but in the excellent things are are going to reach the masses and go there but i really like that analogy of excellence in specific to, to be able to defeat a trained killer instead of somebody yeah. that's just general masses mm-hmm. so that's yeah that's really mastery at a in a different level and really a cool mission and something to to be going after it's, it's really neat I, thank you for sharing that that's that's really cool yeah my pleasure well something that you mentioned a little while back that i have been sitting here wondering about too is there are our skills gifts and things that you have that have helped you kind of get to this point uh, mm-hmm. where you're able to start doing music and put this stuff out in the world um, and i know that there are a lot of people who have things that they're really passionate about that they are creating that they haven't been able to get out there and one of the things you mentioned was like a GoFundMe was fundraising mm. and crowd fundraising to help you kind of get that that first EP and that first recording going. Yeah. Back then, tell me a little bit because I'm curious, just for myself even, and just like that funding is <laughs> not necessarily even like talked about very much. Sure. <laughs> in that way, so how did you go about that? Tell us a little bit about what that experience was like. Yeah, that was crazy. So that was in 2016 that I went about and did that. And, and, you know, it's weird because I think I I do have like a pretty wonderful network across a lot of different contexts of people. And so part of me, I think just thought in some ways that like, I mean, like, it's weird, because I, I, I don't think I was this presumptuous, but in some ways I had to have been because I just kind of didn't worry too much about that initially, yeah. that it was going to be an issue. And what I'd kind of come up with a rough plan of like, okay, like, here's like what the album art is, I can, can explain the concept of the EP, I've made a list of people I'm going to contact. And then and, you know, I've, I've thought through my budget and all of those things, I thought that was like enough, and I would just go for it and see what happened. And I remember launching it and then started like immediately like messaging people and sharing and stuff like that and people who i assumed would have been like significant contributors told me that they couldn't do anything at all and then i had this moment of like real panic of going oh man this is actually really scary and then i think the next day you know i i woke up at like five in the morning i couldn't go back to sleep i just felt like i needed to be messaging people and getting it out there and that kind of stuff and 
and this was through Kickstarter. So it's all or nothing. It's like I hit my goal or I don't. And if I don't, then I get nothing. And I was sitting across from my friend Joel and I, I just told him like, you know, man, I don't know if this is going to happen. And he said, well, like, have you given this to Jesus? And I said, yeah. And he said, even if it fails. And then I like waited to like respond to that one. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, even if it fails. And he said, well, if he's in it, I don't think there's too much you can do to screw it up. And if he's not, I don't think there's really much you can do to make it happen. And so I was like, I like that. And then, <laughs> so I, I worked hard. I messaged a lot of people. I was trying to keep people updated. I was just like kind of going along, like figuring it out as I went. And then somebody messaged me basically saying like, hey, like, you know, you don't even have like a video or anything like sharing your music. Like people haven't heard you yet. They don't like, like some people have, but like those who haven't heard you, like mm. they've never even heard proof of concept. And I was like, I duh, I should have thought about this. And so like halfway through the campaign, I don't know how far we were at this point. My goal for the first one was just under $10,000. And I'd gotten it, I think like maybe two thirds of the way there, something like that. And, and so just quickly, like recorded a video sharing like my, my kind of vision for the project. And then we recorded an acoustic version of one of the songs. And then like 12 hours later, it was funded, like the whole thing. And then, and then. <laughs> well, dang it, the, wish you would have done that before. <laughs> and then the numbers just kept climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing. And, and what was so cool is like on the depth thing, like the thing that I care about the depth more than the breadth, like I was getting messages from people, which were like, mm. like bucket list dreams of like hoping that music would have this kind of impact of like what was already like they were experiencing through this one song that was just like an acoustic version of it. And that was like the craziest, most beautiful thing to me. And it was, it was a wild experience. And so I ended up finishing thousands past the original goal and had a lot more to work with. And then. The second time around, this Kickstarter I did a couple of years ago for the record that just came out last year, I had a manager at that point and had learned all my mistakes and plan and like kind of had like, you know, posts lined up, had like a lot of those kind of things set in motion. And so it was a much smoother process. I think a lot more involved because I was doing a lot more like things in terms of reward tiers and, mm -hmm. and all sorts of stuff. And like the scope of the project was much bigger and all of those kind of things. But there's, it's this weird thing of like, there are all these strategies, like where I'm, I'm always happy to like, if, if there are people listening here who, who are interested in doing any kind of crowdfunding for something like there are a lot of very tangible strategies that I've learned through doing two campaigns now mm -hmm. uh, in how to like effectively, I think, market something where it doesn't feel like you're just a sleazy car salesman and you can like keep it in people's like radar without like getting without beating a dead horse and they're, they're yeah. tired of like hearing the same thing because there are ways to do that organically not that one uh, friend from college that you haven't talked to yes. for seven years and they're asking yes. for money for their missions trip yeah don't reach out <laughs> to somebody who like who you haven't <laughs> talked to in years just ask for money which i think i probably made that mistake the first time too but but i think like honestly the the so there's all the strategies and stuff but the, at the core the ultimate thing is like what are you making? And I mm -hmm. think if if you can convince people the value of that, then they will absolutely buy in. And I think actually for musicians, like I don't know what my future in terms of funding is going to look like for for other projects, but the thing that I've loved about about crowdfunding that's been that's been so good for me is in the age of streaming, we don't pay for music directly in the same way anymore. And so I think we actually mm. ascribe less value to it. It's like, oh, the new Coldplay record's out. Like I can have it in my library with like one click of my thumb. And, you know, I didn't go to the store, spend 10 to $20 on this thing, take it home, unwrap it, put it in the CD player. And 
it doesn't necessarily carry the same weight. But what I found mm-hmm. through doing the Kickstarter is people were so invested in in what this was before it was even released because they helped bring it to life. And so I think that actually contributed to people's like embracing of both the EP and the full length album is just like this this watching it unfold before their very eyes because yeah. they but they both helped financially contribute to it. But also as a result of that, they became kind of like shareholders where they're getting yeah. updates about like what the creative process is like and, and all these things, you know, in the, since the time of recording that, like, you know, I got married and changed cities and started a new church and all these things. And like, they were kind of given that window. And so there's this for creatives, there's this interesting aspect of like, they're, they're supporting both like, creative work they believe in and hopefully they're also supporting the person behind it that they believe in. Mm. And so I think, I think again, it always just comes down to like, what do you have to say? And I think, I think actually having something meaningful to say and saying it well in whatever medium that is, will Trump, you may not be the best Mm -hmm. technician. I'm not the best vocalist in the world. I'm not the best guitar player in the world. Like, like there's all sorts of musicians who are way better than me in their craft in all sorts of different ways. I think what I have is compelling storytelling. Yeah. And I think that that can be a, that can be a cover of a multitude of sins. Some of the most creative people I know aren't necessarily the greatest technicians I know. The, the, the best musicians don't necessarily make the best songwriters unless it's John Mayer and, and you just throw everything out the window. But <laughs> Well, but even you, just for like how I've interacted with you, I've felt more invited in to your mm-hmm. music through our interactions and through this collaboration. And I think that that is a, a unique gift that you have that some other people don't have is just that inviting people in to participate in these oh, narratives and these stories. And so I, I just really appreciated that and have enjoyed your music, I think, even more just over this last bit that I've been hmm. able to listen to. Hmm. Yeah. So, so just been enjoying that. So I just wanted to say thank you. And I appreciate well, that. Thank and, you. And thanks for that advice. I think it's really tangible. And just mm-hmm. hearing that experience, I know that there are people that are creating something that will probably reach out to you and yeah. would love to have just a conversation about how they can do these campaigns and do it in a way that's not sleazy and is responsible and and totally uh, tells the story i think that's really a worthwhile thing do you have any other experiences that just throughout this whole journey that you're also like man i wish i i would have had somebody walk me through that and here's those (laughs) lessons That's a good question. In some ways, like it, it's funny because like I, like nothing immediately jumps to mind in the creative world other than like I, like part of me just goes, I, I I look at it taking every step of of what I've been through in life to get me to where I am in terms mm-hmm. of who I am and how I say things, and so I'm kind of grateful for that. So like my journey, like I think from like you know, like where I'm sitting now in in music and ministry is kind of like started, you know, in, in enrolling in college in like 2010, like to like now, you know, we're talking about like 13 years basically, but like, mm-hmm. so not like, like an overnight success story, but I think that like the process of doing that has led to me just being not only really, really, really happy with, with the stuff I make, cause I am, mm-hmm. but also like on the other end of that, very, 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 very happy with like who I am as a, as a person, especially like for me and with my identity in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But I just like, I'm really grateful for, for how I get to do life now where, where I remember like I, you know, I I was, 
I didn't find out till 2016 that I'd been really dealing with some pretty severe undiagnosed anxiety for my whole mm. life and really started this, this process of, of exploring and confronting that, that year. And in that, you know, seven year period since then, I feel like I'm a different person now where like I walk through life with, with, um, so much peace and no enmity with people, like just getting to, mm. to have so many humans in my life who I love, just like the way I get to do marriage now compared to like how I probably would have approached it when I was younger, getting married a little bit later, like at 30, at 32 or 31, sorry. It's just such a, it's such a different way of seeing the world, I think, than it would have been a number of years ago. And so I'm like, I, I think that everything on the back end that people don't see is what contributes to what they do. And so for me personally, that's really important. And you just, even in terms of like an integrity thing, like I've, I've watched, have been really broken hearted the last few years, just seeing a lot of high profile, like, like moral failings in ministry mm-hmm. for people I don't know. And people I do actually quite closely some like, mm-hmm. and, and just, it just being absolutely devastated. But I think with a few of the high profile ones, I just think of people who like, went from zero to a hundred in a very short period of time, just because they were so gifted mm-hmm. and, and as a result, like you, you can, you can fast track somebody's success, but you can't fast track character. And I think that that really, really failed them in the long run. And, and so I'm just like really yeah. hopeful that, that, that this kind of deliberate process of going from now to then, like, I mean, are there, are there ways I could have like had like professional help to, you know, probably pursue career things quicker. Sure. But like, it didn't result in this like kind of deliberate process that's led me to where I am now. We wouldn't have been necessarily ready. It would have been exactly uh, a platform without the, the formation that is necessary to uphold that character and to be able to maintain and sustain what you need as a human being. So yeah, yeah. I think that for me, I was just thinking about that too. And just along the way, it's not that I would want to shortcut any of the experiences or the growth. I think what would have been helpful is maybe just more people that were willing to listen to mm. how I was processing yeah. uh, what I'm trying to do or the mission or just even the things that I'm thinking about. That I think is really hard to find. And if you can find that, it's so valuable just having somebody that's a, a listening ear about the things that you're excited about or wondering or or just struggling with and, and could use a little bit of help with along the way. So, and, totally. and that's what I hope that, that this sort of a thing is for people is that it's an opportunity. Just listen to hear about the things that you're excited about. And I've been, like I said, was looking forward to that all day because I don't, you don't get to hear what people are, are up to really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you ask people how they're doing and, and you don't, you don't actually get to hear <laughs> yeah, what it totally. is that they're doing. So, yeah. So I appreciate that. As you mentioned, you, you have gotten married it's yeah. a little bit more recently. Yeah, May of like, last year. Yeah. So, I mean, there there's some some lessons and stuff that go with that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I think it's really interesting, though, too, that you're both very creative. She's a creative. Yeah. You're creative. Different mediums, yeah. for sure. But there's definitely a common language. And you and I were talking a little bit about how you're trying to figure out how to collaborate and how yeah. you two with your different mediums can actually start talking and working together. And so, so how has that been? What, what are some of the ideas that you've had for those sort of collaborations with your wife? 
Yeah, that's that's a great question. And you know what? Like, too, I, man, I'm so grateful. Like, you know, I'm a hopeless romantic. My wife's a hopeless romantic. <laughs> and and for me personally, like getting married to her has been just the most amazing grace of like realizing like that what I I didn't get when I was younger that I thought I wanted, like has led to this mm. so evidently where I've never felt so completely understood by another human being in my life. And she feels the same way. And I think that like, it's weird. Like we're, we are different personalities, but we see the world in some very similar ways. If, if people listening or Enneagram people were both four wing threes, like, so the exact <laughs> same type, thinking, which, hopeless romantic. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, four which is like, here. <laughs> you would think, you would think that like, that would be like possibly disastrous just with that amount of emotion. But like for us, it's, it's what it's just resulted in is like an immense amount of empathy. We've done a lot of individual work ourselves and we never really have to explain when something is like really hard for the either one of us. We just like understand that. Mm. And that's just made like, it's like, honestly, it's like, it's almost scary. Like how smooth transitioning <laughs> your life into like being melded with another humans has been. And so that's been incredible. And then also on the creative front, I think just being able to like, I mean, that's what we connected on initially. And so even though we're in different mediums, there's just so much crossover in mm -hmm. terms of, of understanding that kind of stuff. And so we were both like, we kind of started like just talking about each other's work and, and that sort of thing. And then on the collaborative front, there's a few different things. So this actually, I've, I've, I've hinted at this, but I don't know if I've ever actually officially announced it anywhere. My next project is actually going to be over the course of a couple of years, it's going to be a, a 25 song project that's basically point of view scope kind of character pieces of Genesis to Revelation. So the oh. entire biblical narrative. And I'm, really I'm really looking forward to Song of Songs, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so Song of Songs is actually going to be part of like all of wisdom literature. So so Job, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, and Song of Solomon are going to be like one giant 20-minute song that's like five mini songs in one. And huh. so it's going to be a piece of that. And that one's written. That was the one that I was most like – nervous about because like i just like how the heck am i going to like you know go in and out of time signatures and keys and all mm. sorts of stuff and so but it's done and that is a relief <laughs> but but yeah i'm about halfway done writing all the songs at this point and and so actually caitlin had an idea before i think before you even started dating when i was sharing kind of this idea with her about like um, doing doing a piece that would be like 25 fragments that would then be like spaced alongside each other to like form this whole, but then are individually like also stand on their own. So that basically this idea being that, you know, each each aspect of scripture like has in and of itself a, a, a self-contained piece, but then also is speaking to the greater story. And so she's planning on doing all the artwork for this, which is going to be released in sections. And there's going to be a whole thing that goes with that as well. But that's like one of the areas, like there, there are ideas I've had like devotionally and stuff with how this could work that would, would kind of combine what she does with mm. what I do. We're both writers as well. So we've thought about like, okay, what does it look like for us? She's not a, she's not musical, but like, what would it look like for us to like write prose together basically? And, and thinking through some of those things. And then also we're just like trying to think probably not for the near future, but just like down the road, like what, what does meaningful, like creative community look like across, mm -hmm. across a host of different mediums? I think, yeah, we're both, we both know Ecstasis and Connor mm -hmm. in, in this past September or no, that was, that was last September. 
yeah, we, a group of us met up in Vancouver for a, a photo shoot, but we just kind of spent the day just talking about what it is we do and how that relates to our faith and all these things, these incredible, like high level creatives. And it was one of the most rewarding days I think I've ever had in my life just oh, of, of connecting on that stuff. That sounds so fun. And we would love to like kind of facilitate that stuff, not even start a movement. I feel like everybody's about trying to start movements <laughs> all the time. Like we, like, I, like. I'm getting more and more comfortable just like kind of having my little slice of existence and like, and not needing the world to know my name, that kind of thing. But just like, what does it look like either locally or, or, or larger? Like I personally, like I love helping people unlock songwriting. Like what does it look like to grow in that and actually treat it like an instrument that you get better at? It's not just something that you just kind of do whenever you feel like it, like how, if I go to practice an instrument, how do I apply that to, to songwriting? And, and for Caitlin, I think just her, she's less concerned about like trying to break down the technical of what she does as, as an artist. She has a very technical background that is then morphed into this very free form, wild style of artistic expression, which is beautiful. But she is so good at like, what does it look like to convey lived experience through an artistic medium? That's like kind of what she's passionate about and she loves sharing about. And I do too. Honestly, I think it's yeah. like, it's like both. And so we are like, want to think about, okay, what does it look like for us to kind of help like foster that both where we are locally and also just like on a larger scale for anybody who's interested? Yeah. Wow. That's all. I I just, I think that's fascinating. (laughs) Just really, really cool. Just how both of you are, are are learning and working together and everything. I enjoyed following her now as well. So Mm -hmm. I think it's just a really cool process to to watch yeah i should just have her on the podcast as well i mean we could do like <laughs> you, a, sh- a, you should have her on an episode then and then we'll get both of you together on another oh, episode and we'll do a series <laughs> that, that would be so good yeah i mean she's incredible i could not recommend her as an interviewee higher so uh, well i'll have to we'll have to connect it and, and and look into that that sounds good but i just looked at the at the clock here and gosh i don't know how 40 <laughs> minutes it went by on my side you might be like okay this has been a while daniel like no it's no it's flying pretty fast but, but just before we kind of get going i love this last question especially as i just love hearing what people are up to. And I want to always know, how can I get involved? How can I, as I always say, how can I play? How can Mm. I play with what you're doing and and join you? And how could Opportunity Collective members that are all over the place from real estate agents to professors Mm. (laughs) to things along those lines that all of us have these things that we're going towards and skills that we're wanting to share and help one another create opportunities. How could somebody help you right now with whatever it is you're working on or towards? Well, I so appreciate that and love that as an ethos. I think, uh, well, the, the 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 lowest commitment one, like the like requires like no stakes for an artist, is like is go find my stuff. Yeah, uh, listen like, to my <laughs> listen, listen to my music on on whatever platform is yours. But then also, like I mean, yeah, like like yeah, like it fellowship does go a long way. But also, I think really like i think any kind of either advice or resources around business infrastructure is is really Mm -hmm. helpful i mean i'm i'm a pretty disciplined like well-organized creative for the most part but i wouldn't say that like i'm the kind of person who you know is like thinking about like what does like scaling a, a, a business look like right so i'm 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 a guy who 
who writes songs and figures out how to get them into the world. And then, and I'm very grateful, like my manager, John, he's, he's very business savvy. And so that helps a lot, but I'm just one of his many clients. And so Mm. I think that, I think that any kind of either recommendations around like, that can be anything like that can be like uh, recommended reading or like just specific advice or, or yeah, just services, things related to like what, what kind of scaling next steps kind of thing looks like for me. Is there uh, a particular area of like business stuff that just you always dread or (laughs) gives you like a headache or as soon as you would have like an infinite amount of money you would hire someone to just do. <laughs> oh, I'd, I would hire someone for bookkeeping in a heartbeat. Like, I mean, uh, that's like the, the thing that's always, I think that's the bane of any person who, who runs their own enterprise runs into, but that's also not a service I expect anybody to offer for free. For free. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, like I, I think, yeah, any, anything around that kind of side of things and just like even like the, the marketing side of things too, that's always really helpful as well. My, my approach to marketing is just try to be like, be like, you know, professional, but really be me. Like I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't do anything outside of what kind of feels like who I am as a person, but like, yeah, anything in relationship to those kind of, kind of things. Caitlin has like just on her own grown her following so large, just I think through being really compelling in her social media presence Mm -hmm. far more than I am. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that is even remotely coherent, but well, maybe if you ran a Whistler half marathon, (laughs) (laughs) that's the content we're looking for. I want to see you running next time. There you go. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You want to see a grown man die on, on the internet. That's, that's how to see that happen. (laughs) That could be compelling and very entertaining. It just depends who you are. Maybe. If, yeah. if you're sick like me, that, <laughs> that that might be entertaining. Well, I, I hope that somebody hears that and that, that would be a great opportunity for them to share the things mm-hmm. that they are really gifted with and, and called to. And I hope that somebody hears all the things that you've experienced in your story and it mm-hmm. compels them to to reach out and uh, yeah. to get help. I, I just love seeing people just playing together and, and helping one yeah. another out. And I mean, hopefully that connector is just one of my favorite things that I get to do. So yeah, thanks for yeah. coming on and, and letting me hear your story and, and sharing just what you're up to and, and how we can help and, and how you can help as well. Yeah. My pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you. And uh, listener opportunist, as I, as I call people in the opportunity collective, mm-hmm. thank you. Hey, join us next time. We're going to continue to create more opportunities for ourselves, but more importantly, for other people. Well, there you have it. There are a lot of different ways that you might be able to help Joshua, but there are a lot of other people who have been on the Opportunity Collective podcast, as well as some folks that are members of the Opportunity Collective that I send out an email. It's called the Opportunity Board every once in a while. And it is just a simple email that has links to all of the different opportunities, the ways that you might be able to help other creatives entrepreneurs and emerging leaders like yourself with the skills and the gifts that you have been given. We're all about collaboration over competition. And that's the whole goal of this. So if you want to receive the opportunity board, then go to the link in the show notes to sign up to become a member of the Opportunity Collective. You'll just receive some emails. You'll know whenever a new podcast episode's out and how you might be able to help the newest podcast guest on the Opportunity Collective. 
as well as some, some really unique opportunities for us to gather together as a community virtually, hopefully coming soon. So I'm really excited about some of the stuff that we have down the line. So make sure that you are a member of the Opportunity Collective. It's free. It's always going to be free to be a member. I just want you to have opportunities to collaborate with other people who are doing amazing things like yourself. So go to the link in the show notes and join the Opportunity Collective today.